You're listening to Love, Mary Jane, a big talk podcast helping relationships thrive in the modern cannabis culture. I'm Joanna Newding, a cannabis lifestyle guide, published relationship writer, and host of Casually Baked, the podcast. And on Love, Mary Jane, I'm your armchair life coach. Oh, that I'm asking, just a little phone call. If you're at a crossroads and the intersection is cannabis and relationships, put it in park. You're in the right place. So give me what you got. Engage by submitting your story in cannabis-infused relationship questions at lovemaryjane.net. Each episode of Love Mary Jane will feature a letter seeking advice or insight into a relationship affected by cannabis. Romantic, familial, professional, personal, nothing is off limits. Wherever you're struggling, I will hand-select a friend, colleague, or expert that feels appropriate to join me in the studio to help me empower you to make the best decision. This is Love, Mary Jane. Dear Mary Jane, I've been married to my husband for 20 years, and he wants sex far more often than I do. We are recent empty nesters and together have begun experimenting with pot again. And I've noticed a change in our relationship for the better. Any advice on how it can revive my sex drive? Signed, Feeling Frisky. Hey Gretchen, how's it going? Good, Joey. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Thank you. I'm excited to dish with you today about our letter from Feeling Frisky. Did you have a chance to take a look at it? I did, and um, I have been through the empty nest myself and uh, know what it's like to suddenly not have to, um, well, have your whole life revolve around the kids. And I think that alone actually makes you a little bit more frisky, period. You're not so tired. <laughs> Plus, people are not touching you all the time just for their own good. You know, I mean, children are always, when children touch you, it's because they need, it's not because they're giving. And of course, sexual touch is uh, so much different and mm-hmm. um, intentional. And, and I guess if you've had little ones, you know, grabbing at you all day long, sexual touch might even feel like taking yeah. at the end of the day. I think it does. People get overwhelmed, just touched out. And of course, by the time your child leaves home, he or she is no longer stroking your hair uh, to comfort himself, but <laughs> let's hope. <laughs> yeah, that would be an awkward dorm situation. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's funny. So I'm very into what Frisky um, is talking about, and it sounds like she's already started to make moves towards being more Frisky, which is great. And good to know that cannabis is there to help because it's a powerful aphrodisiac. It is, and it you know, and it also for me. It gets you in the mood, like it clears your head of all the clutter and all of the the nonsensical mind splaining that we do and the planning and all of that. And it just, it puts you more in a, a mood of openness and receiving. Exactly. And I think that you can feel touch more deeply as well too. Sometimes the, the mind can take you on a more powerful journey when it's been affected by cannabis. Um, and that's a, that's a wonderful um Part of lovemaking is the the journey that you go on in the way that you um, almost levitate in some respects, you know, I mean, where you, you're joined with your partner and something, a universe that you're creating between the two of you is, um, is being woven. Um, but maybe we're getting a little too mystical. Let's back yeah. up a little bit and go back to Frisky's. Um, you know, it's really not uncommon, as we all know, I think, um, if you've been in a heterosexual relationship that 
often the male partner is more interested in in being sexually active than the female, in great part because if you have children, you've been touched all day. If you have worked, even in this modern day and age, you're still doing more housework. You're still more in charge of the, you know, running the home than the male partner typically is. And I think when your kids leave to go to college or, or move out, the tyranny of dinner, you know, you no longer have to provide a dinner every night, you or your, your male partner. Um, you can just have toast. You can do nothing. I have to say, when my own kids were in the house, we didn't have television. So they grew up without access to TV. Um, my oldest son never got to see Survivor, which was like his big complaint. <laughs> <laughs> but I did find myself soon after my youngest son had gone off to college, we reconnected the cable pretty much the instant his you know, uh, car left the driveway. <laughs> Interesting. And I found myself at three o'clock on a Sunday afternoon with a vodka tonic in my hand watching Million Dollar Weddings. <laughs> and I thought, oh, no. <laughs> Who was actually, am I protecting from this television, you know? So I, I put that down. And I really think that, you know, if you take the vodka out of my hand and, and put a, a cannabis, you know, pipe or um, an edible or something there, I'm going to have a better experience and I'm not going to watch Million Dollar Weddings, which I don't enjoy. Yeah. Um, if it was something I did enjoy, maybe that would be different. But um, I think the the structure that you put in place when you have kids and you're modeling all the time, modeling behavior, doing the dishes because it's the right thing to do, making your bed because it's the right thing to do. And you want to make sure your kids make the bed and, and do the dishes and know how a, a comfortable, clean, orderly house is is run and maintained. Um, and when they go, it's kind of like being in a dorm yourself all of a sudden. It's like, woohoo, you know, <laughs> your big rebellion is I'm not going to do that dish. Nope, 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 not till tomorrow. Um, and then that kind of energy um, opens you up to uh, exploring different things and, and remembering who you are, Frisky, you know, and coming like re back. Reconnecting with that playfulness. Exactly. I mean, I don't have a, a spouse or children and that's how I live every single day. And so I'm like my sister, she just became a quote unquote empty nester. Uh -huh. with, although one of her nephews is moving up there to be with her. So she's not really an empty nester, but okay. she's been struggling with well, shit, what do I do with my time now? Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, this is a new chapter. You can be and do whatever you want. And she started taking up yoga. And I think even when people start doing stuff like that, it brings them closer to their sexual center it and does. like that ability to express themselves and rediscover who they are and what they want and what turns them on. And, right. You know, and I think it's allowing yourself to find that playfulness. And if that starts with not doing dishes, then I say go for it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, with yoga um, and cannabis too, uh, cannabis is a wonderful drug to, uh, to ingest a little bit of before you do an exercise program, particularly one that's about mindfulness like yoga. Um, it keeps you very much in the present moment. I do a pretty rigorous yoga practice and um, we'll do the right side. You know, we always have to do the left side too. Um, thank goodness we only have two sides. <laughs> and I'll have forgotten um, if, I've, if I've had some an edible or something before my practice, I'll have forgotten what we just did on the right side because your short-term memory is so um, impacted. Yeah. And it's great. I'm so glad I can't remember <laughs> that terrible lunge that I now have to do on the left side. But it also makes me, I am thinking more about my muscles, about um, all of the things that you do bring to a, um, an erotic encounter, you know, which is just feeling yourself, accepting yourself, uh, particularly as you get older and your body perhaps isn't the body it was when you first were with your partner, um, if you've gone through the journey of children together, um, and uh, 
feeling it in a way that is uh, oh, inside out, you know, um, and, yeah. and very whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think because I am a cannabis lifestyle guide, I think it's important for me to also say that it, when we imbibe and we get excited with our partner, if we over imbibe, then we may not be able to perform the way we want. And that goes for alcohol and cannabis. Mm-hmm. And especially when you mix the two together. Yeah. I mean, there's been times where I'm just like, it's not going to happen. Like the plumbing has just shut down at this point. (laughs) So, you know, it's also you don't want to get yourself into a situation where everyone's going to be disappointed or at least one of you will be disappointed. So, you know, making sure that whenever you do consume before you are in a sexual encounter with your partner that, that you do it mindfully and you microdose and you make sure you know where you can still feel your body, mm-hmm. but you're also, you're just, you're not completely off the charts. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, knowing what you're taking. If, if you're using a vape, um, you know, a, a, you take the, you know, you experiment with how much one small puff, what does that do? Don't take a second one until you've waited a little while to find out. If you're doing edibles, give yourself that hour and a half to two hours for it to come on before you make another decision or have any alcohol on top of it. Um, Ritualizing it, doing it together, particularly if, um, as we get older and certainly as we become very accustomed to our partners, um, we can get into a rut. And really, as rutty as it sounds, um, scheduling your lovemaking is a really good idea. I mean, it's just like Tuesday night, we are going to have sex. You have to have a doctor's note to get out of it. This is what's, this is how it's going down. <laughs> and that sounds so businesslike and terrible. But the, the truth is, is that it's, um, it's absolutely freeing because you, you, this is what we're doing tonight. And, but sometimes you still come to it with a Tuesday point of view, you know, like I'm tired, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's my work week. Um, and that's when having, you know, together, um, having a little cannabis together. So it, it is a ritual between the mm-hmm. two of you and that you both come into the same mood at the same time. And then you begin to explore from there. Um, and uh, that sense of freedom when you know that no one's going to walk into the room, that no one's got to get picked up from soccer practice, that uh, you don't have to leave a plate of food out for someone who's coming home late from band. All of that is just being able to embrace that and and then use your house. You know, when we go back to Frisky's, I you know, her concern... I would like to know that there is just, well, I never want to eat at your house, Frisky, but if there's pretty much (laughs) semen on every surface, (laughs) you'll be doing it right. (laughs) Oh, that's good times. (laughs) But yes, I do agree that creating this space for you to, you know, wind down together and get in the mood together Mm -hmm. and laugh a little bit and, you know, and just really make a whole evening out of it, make a whole afternoon out of it. And it be a lot about the foreplay and a lot about that mental and emotional stimulation that gets, you know, thrown by the wayside when everyone's in a hurry. I mean, you know, I was talking to a girlfriend yesterday about when you have a sexual encounter that you're, you're so used to having your partner be so connected with you, and then all of a sudden you get, you know, a quickie, 
and you're like, wait a minute, did I did I just get used for sex? Like, what? This no. So it's like you know when you're an empty nester and mm-hmm. you have time right. to like make it a production, then make it a fucking production. I know. Though I'm I'm in favor of a quickie every once in a while too. I mean, I think it's a tumble. You know, like you had said earlier, if you accidentally you know cross um, consume you know and too much, you have a couple of glasses of wine and cannabis, and suddenly it's like ain't nothing happening. Um, that's a time to cuddle and wait until tomorrow. And, you know, and perhaps you make love before you leave the bed the next morning. So this continues on, you mm-hmm. know, it's always a tumble. Um, I mean, I think, I know I've been happiest in my life when I feel continuously connected. We can have a long, languorous, extremely intense sexual, um, you know, encounter or yeah. I guess a quick in and out. <laughs> yeah. um, and bam, just, bam, thank you, ma'am. That's right. And just get on with your day. Lick and, it and stick it. <laughs> well, you could go on and on, Joanna. <laughs> I'm glad to know. <laughs> You've got that litany just right there in I your head. I can't help myself. I've been talking about this for years. <laughs> just normally on back porches with, you know, a cold beverage in exactly. my hands. Now my dad's probably swerving off the road. <laughs> Daddy, do not listen to Love Mary Jane. <laughs> well, it's full of good advice, and I'm sure no, he would agree. No, it is. He, he will. I don't think I'll talk to him about this episode unless he asks me. There you go. If you live in a legal state, yes. then congratulations, because you have some really lovely options to choose from when it comes to using cannabis to um, improve your sexual experience. Right. If you don't live in a legal state, then you really need to pay attention to what we said about, you know, the mindful consumption and just taking a couple of puffs off of um, whatever flower that you have. Mm -hmm. And you may not even know what strain it is. So you can't look it up on Leafly to know what it's going to make you feel like. So that's when you want to be really cautious. So if you do live in a legal state, there are so many cannabis products right now that are sold by the mood that they create. That's right. So you can get the vape mm-hmm. pen that's called Arouse. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can find the strain of cannabis that's called Sex Pot. Right. You know. I, I think this is an, such an exciting, um, I guess, I mean, the cra- really, it's a marketing thing. And it's a brilliant one. Because the majority of us, when we go into a dispensary, we're not used to asking for it by strain. Because if we've been buying on the black market, you're exactly right. We don't know. Typically, it's just my friend, Al, grows this pot. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Um, so being able to uh, go in and ask for it and to not be embarrassed too. I think um, particularly someone like Frisky, um, I'm a probably around the same age as as, as that writer. Um, and uh, most people I've found, when I'm in the dispensary, because we're in a legal state in California, um, a lot of people are middle-aged and they're there, of course, for health concerns and different things. But I remember once um, I had a quote unquote won a free product because I'd spent so much darn money. And uh, <laughs> so I was allowed to make a choice. And I said to the young man behind the counter who was younger than any of my sons, um, well, I'd like an aphrodisiac, please. And he blanched and then he turned red and then he gulped and then he uh, gave me just dollops of horrible misinformation and directed me, <laughs> misdirected me. And I ended up getting a free product that didn't have anything to do with um, having a sexy time. Um, So 
being, but I thought tech with you, you know, I'm going <laughs> to, yeah. it's your job to know this. Uh, it's your job to not be embarrassed when I ask. Um, and this is a very legitimate question to ask when you're in a dispensary. Yeah. Um, and especially even one that's just for recreational that didn't have um, its genesis in the, you know, medical marijuana movement. Um, it is incumbent upon you in great part to, to do some research. It's helpful. And I think Leafly is a terrific um resource for that. That's mm-hmm. leafly.com. It's spelled exactly as it sounds, leafly.com. Um, and look up products that you know that you might like. Most dispensaries also in legal states have an online menu that they keep updated daily because they go through product very quickly. So you can look and see if your local dispensary has it. Many of them now deliver, of course, too, in California. Mm-hmm. So it's much more discreet that way as well if you don't feel like you want to get or if the mood strikes you frisky and, um, you know, you, you think some cannabis would enhance your experience, you can generally have it delivered within an hour. Um, so fun. Yeah. <laughs> and a pizza. May as well get a pizza. <laughs> I think that's sound advice. Yeah. And one of the other things too in the cannabis space is the infused lubricants. Mm. And um, Foria Wellness is probably the most well-known of of the ones that we have available to us out here. How do you spell it? F-O-R-I-A, Foria Wellness. And I will say that when you are purchasing a cannabis-infused lubricant, it is so important for you to pay attention and make sure that you you know what the ingredients are. In a legal state, it's been tested. But if you don't live in a legal state or say you get a sample of a lube from a dispensary who's thinking about making their own products, which I did that once, and I ended up getting a bacterial infection. Oh, shucks. So that is a very sensey area Mm -hmm. of our bodies, ladies. And so we need to be very cautious at all times about what we put up in there, being it a human or a lubricant. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just making sure that you choose some sort of a lube that is um, safe and that it is in packaging that is tamper resistant and all that good stuff. And it sounds crazy that I'm saying this, but it's I mean, it happened to me. Well, I'm really sorry to hear it happened to you. That's a drag. And I would say that particularly in 20... Did that happen this year by any chance? No, that happened um, in, I guess it was maybe two years ago. Okay. So maybe in 2016, because as of January 1st, 2018, the regulations on testing and the um, stipulations and standards for cannabis far exceed um, even organic produce. I mean... So any cannabis uh, product is going to have a higher level of um, government regulation on it and testing requirements to it than than would a carrot or, um, you know, anything else you might grow Mm -hmm. um, and then produce, you know, alter into a product. So. Hopefully, I'm knocking on the I'm knocking on the wood here. Um, you won't have that kind of experience again. But buying from a reputable dispensary, um, one that has been in business for a while, particularly we're feeling this in California that um, dispensaries are just having the toughest time. I mean, those few that will be able to hang in there will be fine. But um, given the taxation scheme that we have in the state of California, given the um, it's just, it's a very difficult process to become licensed and be able to sell. So every dispenser I'm aware of in our area, which is Northern California, adheres to rigorous standards. Because of the amount of money they've put into establishing their business, the risk is just too high to be non-compliant on any level. 
So um, you can feel pretty safe about the products you're purchasing from them. Yes, because... And I agree. And the one thing that I have noticed, because, you know, the deadline for everyone, like, to be compliant Mm -hmm. was July 1st. Mm -hmm. And so this summer you have seen a lot of start shelves and and online stores where they're just Mm -hmm. like, you know, they're trying to build their product base back because a lot of these companies didn't make it or, you know, their, their packaging didn't, you know, cut the mustard. And Mm -hmm. so they're, you know, back to the drawing board or having to reproduce. And so there's, there has been a little lag on the different, um, the product selection, I guess. Oh, it's so true. I know that my favorite edible was off the shelf for a, a full month. Um, they had failed testing. That's the other thing is that because uh, products have to be very rigorously tested, but the testing facilities themselves, well, they're not very numerous for one. And, and they're um, not very consistent. For exactly. Two. That's the big problem is that what growers are finding is that they're having their product pass when it's tested once test that exact same product the next day, it won't pass. Test it the third day, it will. It That has to do with the inconsistencies with the labs. But I don't think this has anything to do with Frisky having a little bit more love. <laughs> no, but it is it is big talk and that, and we need to cover all of those things. So, right. and, you know, and there's a lot of people that don't understand what the real business of uh-huh. cannabis is right now. And it is... Um, and it's good to have enlightening conversations because everybody thinks that we're just all getting rich as fuck. Yeah, no. And that uh-uh. is not happening. The only people who are, who are making any money right now are the people who make the rivets, the pickaxes, and the Levi's. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this gold rush sensibility to the end of prohibition. But in fact, the, the miners, if we're going to continue that metaphor, are not earning in great part because of the burden that's been placed on them, not only by the state of California, uh, but by each individual county and even the cities in which they're located. Now, this is not to say wah, wah, wah. I mean, um, it is a difficult process to make this change from prohibition. Um, I applaud those companies and those leaders who have come into the light um, out of the, you know, out of mm-hmm. you know, these black market situations. And when they are completely de-incentivized to do so, because there's no money to make yet, but um, there will be. And those players who can establish and hang on by their fingernails and play by the rules will be richly rewarded. The estimate is by 2020, the market will begin to um, mellow out a little bit. But until then, the only one making money, for example, are the people that make the packaging. Because I know one cannabis company last November, they spent $100,000 on compliant packaging. And then comes January 1st, and there's a whole new law from the state, and they have to spend another $100,000. Of course, where we live, or I live in Northern California too, we've had these terrible fires and our producers are not able to insure their crop the way that a carrot farmer would. Um, and I know a grower who lost $3 million with the product and there is absolutely nothing he can do about it because yeah. he could not insure it. Um, and uh, and then, of course, you can't bank and, you know, I yeah, mean. Yeah, a lot, yeah. <laughs> oh, my now, goodness. And, yeah, that definitely will yeah. wormhole us. Yeah. But the point is that all of these people stick with it because yes. they are passionate mm-hmm. about the plant and what it does for us. Mm-hmm. And feeling frisky, it will do so much for you, too. Yeah. So, you know, if we get back to our cannabis-infused lubricants, um, you know, Many of the brands will instruct you to apply it and then wait 30 minutes. And I call bullshit on that because, you know, I tried, well, I did it once the first time I used a cannabis infused lube. I'm like, I'm not waiting. I'm applying, I'm using, and I had a great experience. Mm-hmm. 
But then the next time I'm like, okay, I'll follow directions this time because I'm mm-hmm. an experimenter. Mm-hmm. And I waited the 30 minutes and I don't, I didn't have a more intense experience. Mm-hmm. And then you also have like drippy lube and, you, you know, mm-hmm. and oil. And you're like, you know, am I just supposed to lay here or should I get up and like right. sweep the bathroom? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so, was, was it the same product both times? <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yes. Same product mm-hmm. both times. So my advice is ignore what the instructions say. And when you're ready to get busy, you just use the lube and Go. let it glide you home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that it's effective. I've not used it. So it, that's oh, great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, so the cannabis, it increases the blood flow okay. into that area. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I mean, it's, and that's then great. you have. A rush of sensation mm-hmm. and blood flow, and mm-hmm. and you're magic off to the races, happens. right? <laughs> <laughs> but the, you know, I think at the end of the day, the the biggest piece of it, it kind of comes back to what we were talking about earlier, and it's your your willingness to let your hair down and love your body exactly the way you are, and love your partner exactly the way they are, and just be in the present moment and just have a really good time. And if you can do that, then I absolutely think that that you can turn your your sex drive around. Well, cannabis is certainly a great way to 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 help with that. And perhaps, you know, something that would be uh, thoughtful as well is especially if Frisky's been feeling just overwhelmed by motherhood and parenting and now and now doesn't know what to do, you know, there's now it's a big absence and stuff, is perhaps your sex doesn't need to be goal-oriented. You know, perhaps you enjoy some cannabis together and just uh, stroke each other. Just spend time where it's not goal-oriented. It is not about achieving necessarily the big O um, on this particular occasion. But as I mentioned earlier that it becomes part of a, a tumult or a dance where you're constantly connecting yourselves uh, physically and reconnecting. Um, I think that's really hard for a couple that have parented and, and done all the hard work together of daily living to then pivot magically. Boom. Okay. Kids are out of the house now. Ta-da. Um, now we're going to go back to being the people we were when we, when we made those kids. Mm-hmm. But my body's not the same. Your body's not the same. Our desires are, you know, we're more interested now in politics or in gardening or, you know, I'm writing a novel or there's all these things that have changed for us. So how do we find our new way back together? And perhaps that is just through some sustained periods of time where you're letting the cannabis just help you explore and relearn your person. You know how your partner smells. You know that place on his belly that you just love to stroke. But what about the inside of his elbow? (laughs) (laughs) Give him a little slap on the ass. You know, I mean, try experiment a little bit because part of what the cannabis does is, is opens you up a little bit to see things uh, and experience them a little bit differently. Perhaps you blindfold yourselves and you do the whole thing, you know, in a more sensory, you know, exploration where you don't have to look at all. You let your hands and your mouth and all of the rest of you do the looking for you. I think there's a lot of opportunities now and in your life, Frisky, to have, you know, a sexier time of it. I think knowing that you're with a partner who's loved you all these years and you've got that trust in that relation that end with not being angry at him for being more sexually needy than you are. Um, not, you know, 
I think giving that up too, not just being pissed, like really this chore now, this chore too, and on top of all the other chores I've had to do, take it out of the chores uh, and uh, and mix it up a little bit. Well, and I too think if you if you reframe it like that, mm-hmm. then he'll be more excited about oh, absolutely. it. And then he will give you what you have been wanting anyway. And mm-hmm. so then it's a win-win at that point. I think so. No one wants to think, oh, she's just doing it because I want her to. You know, the duty, the mercy. Mm-hmm. No one wants that. It's not sexy. Well, and I guess you're... You, your advice on scheduling it mm-hmm. and where you just know, like, this is what we do. Right. But then I would also suggest getting getting flirty on your texting yep. with one another. Like, send each other cute little notes mm-hmm. or slapping them on the ass when mm-hmm. you walk by or making them coffee and bringing it to their bedside. Like, the time and energy that you spent making sure your children knew how much you loved them. <laughs> yes. Now take that energy and just devote it to loving yourself and loving your partner. That is perfect, Joe. I love that advice. That is really good advice. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. All right. It really is. Well, do we have any other advice for feeling frisky to have her purring like a kitten? <sighs> well, I hope that you are um, moving your body every day, honey. That, you know, again, it's so time-consuming and draining to uh, raise children, even uh, even independent, you know, kids who are off to college and driving or moving out to live their own lives and begin. Um, so if you're not walking, you know, five or six days a week, even just, you know, a half an hour around the neighborhood, doing something so that you're moving your body is going to make you feel more sexual and more uh available for sexual experiences. It's also going to make you feel a little bit more in touch with your body. Um, And uh, it's very easy to get away from your body when your life is just focused on so many external externalities. And this is an opportunity now where you're starting to come back in. So how are you taking care of yourself? Are you swimming? Are you walking? Are you running? Are you doing yoga? Are you, whatever you're doing, do something. Keep moving. Um, And do it together if you can. I really like that walking with your partner where you're side by side and you're both looking ahead. It's kind of like toddlers, that parallel play thing where you're, it's, we have that in the car sometimes too, where you can have these amazing conversations in the car. And I'm sure, Frisky, that you probably trapped your kids in the car to talk about sex. That's the only time I ever talked about sex is (laughs) when everyone's trapped in the car. (laughs) But um, walking offers that same opportunity to sort of just riff and be silly and, you know, uh, just kind of connect in a way that isn't, it's just sort of free form. Yeah. And noticing the world together. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just talking about Mrs. Smith's rose garden around the corner as you pass it every day or every evening on your walk. I think that's and a sometimes great- sometimes you still arose for exactly. one another. <laughs> Very sweet. <laughs> so I hope that you write back and tell us about how, uh, what you and your partner have chosen to do. Um, and how cannabis has helped open it up. I really hope that cannabis does open it up for you. It sounds like you're on the path. And um, we'd love to know what you came up with. You know, um, those would be techniques or ideas that we'd love to share with the rest of our listeners. Absolutely. Curiosity is 100% the key. Mm-hmm. Well, Gigi, thank you so much for hanging out with me. and My pleasure. And this was fun. Yeah. And you and I have lots of other interesting things to talk about for we do. episodes to come. Thanks, Mary Jane. Thank you to Mary Jane's guest host, Gretchen Giles, who I affectionately refer to as Gigi. 
Gretchen is an award-winning editor and writer doing her part to shape cannabis culture. She is also, as you can tell, a playful soul, dear friend, and mentor of mine in both life and the media world. I'm happy to share her perspective and witty insights with you. You'll meet Gigi again on future episodes of Love Mary Jane, the podcast. If you know someone who could benefit from this cannabis conversation, I hope you'll share this episode with them and then allow space for your personal dialogue to begin. And if you're feeling frisky, I hope you'll rate and review Love Mary Jane on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Your voice, it matters to me, but it also matters to the podcast algorithm gods, and I kind of answer those guys. So, you know, thanks and love. The Love Mary Jane column and podcast are created and produced by yours truly. Feedback feeds the flame of Mary Jane, so submit your cannabis-related relationship questions or sticky situations at lovemaryjane.net. Thanks to my highly capable sound engineer, Arnav Gupta, and to my highly talented friend, Seth Walker, for the show vibes. You can find the Love MJ theme music, All That I'm Asking, on Seth's album, Sky Still Blue, however you listen to music these days. I hope you'll join me next week for more. Love, Mary Jane. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Chicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.